0: the field and to feel that know on the inside, not externally, but to feel on the inside that we understand that Jesus did rise from the dead. I feel that in my heart this morning. Uh, not just a historical fact, and we, there is historical evidence, uh, not, not just in the Word of God, but there is historical evidence that, that Jesus, in fact, did exist and that in fact that He did rise. And I thank the Lord for what He has done for us. I, I feel like the sermon has Already been preached here this morning by the two brothers that just spoke. I don't think there's any more compelling evidence of what the Holy Ghost can do for your life than to hear an example of somebody that's been lost in sin, that was far away from God, that was Amen. way away. That feel got calling, ran from the Spirit of God, and know that God actually did change their life and He turned them from darkness to light. That he turned them from the power of Satan to the power of God. And when you see that, and you know that somebody was raised because they testified, that's a powerful sermon. Amen. That's a powerful sermon. Now, uh, I don't think there's anybody in this building this morning that, that doesn't believe in the Easter story. I imagine if there's anybody that's uh, a non-believer, an unbeliever, that they probably are somewhere else today. I imagine there's not too many unbelievers that got up and went to church this morning. Y'all yeah. believe that? Yeah. So I don't think that we probably have to, and, and, and the Holy Ghost is going to have to convince you right. if you are an unbeliever. There's not any words that we can say that would do that. It's going to take the Holy Ghost that's going to have to affect your life. Right. And if you do believe in it, and you do believe in, in, in that being sanctified is the plan of salvation, there's nobody here today that can convince you that today... Is the day of salvation, and that now is accept the accepted time. If you hear his voice, harden not your heart. It's going to take the Holy Ghost to convince you of that. Right. But I tell you what, we still like talking about it, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> right. And it sure feels good. Yeah. Jesus Christ did not die so that we could all buy new clothes and come to church one time a year. All right. Amen. All right. Jesus Christ did not die so that we can sing beautiful songs to you. He did not die that we can preach wonderful sermons. He he didn't die for Easter bunnies and Easter rabbits and Easter eggs and all those kinds of things here. See, the devil has come in and, and he's taken what ought to be holy days and he's turned them into holidays. I heard a lot of people say last week, have a good holiday weekend. Brothers and sisters, today is not a holiday. Right. It right. is a holy day. We're not stating that historically that, that you can take a calendar and prove that today is the actual anniversary of the very day that Jesus, I don't know what day of the year that he rose, and I don't know that it makes that much difference other than the fact that I do know it makes a difference whether you recognize that he wrote for see he's taken the devil's taking thanksgiving and he's given that to the turkey he's turned that into something that is completely different from what it should be he's taken christmas and given that to a big fat guy and that ain't got nothing to do with christmas but the world seems like it is and he's taken this most holy of all days and tried to turn it into a commercial event but thank God it's not commercial, it is spiritual right? and the power of God was exhibited when they got to the tomb on what we call Easter morning, what we call the resurrection day, he was not rising when they got there he was not coming out of the grave when they got there the stone was not being gently pushed away When they got there, they did not see what had happened. But the children testified this morning that the angel said to Mary when she got to the tomb that he is not here, but he is risen. He was already gone in the still of the night when there was no one else around. Just the two men that stood there that were keepers. Jesus had already told them, he said, no, ye not that I can presently pray to my father and he would send me more than 12 legions of angels, but when it comes time for Jesus to come out of the tomb, it did not take more than 12 legions of angels, it didn't take one legion of angels, it only took one, one angel. And I don't think he had to have any dynamite to blow up and move the stone. I think he just put his finger there and rolled that stone away because it was in the it was in the plan of God. It had to be. Um, my goodness, y'all y'all almost unfair with this twelve uh, o'clock thing. But I did think of one thing this morning. A week ago, this time it was only quarter to eleven, and maybe y'all's body won't know the difference. So we we uh.
1: We're not here for
0: a sermon this morning. I I want to say this very seriously. I want you to understand this. I mean, it's from the bottom of my heart. I'm not here to impress anybody this morning. I want the message of this day to somehow pierce through to somebody that's here and make you understand that the only reason Jesus died in a physical sense, in a physical body, and rose in a physical body was a likeness of what can happen in your life spiritually. All right. All right. And if you if you don't go to the altar today, we want to have altar service here today. Yes. yes. We're we're we We want everybody in this building to get sanctified today. Is that alright? No? Huh? Right. Uh, How many people don't want to go home sanctified? Probably not too many the hands going to be raised on that. Not too many? People want to say that they don't want to seek glory. But if I want the message to go to you that this resurrection day is not just a beautiful story and it's not just to meet once a year, but it has meaning to your life. Jesus can set you free from the power of, of death and the power of darkness. I'm going to start reading the Word of God. I, I, I've got... A lot on my heart, and, and Lord will help me to condense it, I pray. In the first chapter of the book of Acts, for those that are reading along, starting in the first verse, Brother Luke was the author of this book. He had already written one book, and he said, and I will read in the first chapter of Luke. In the first verse, he, Luke's, Brother Luke said, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order... A declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. That sounds a little confusing at first, but what he's talking about, there were people that actually sat down and wrote what we call the Holy Bible. I'm glad they took the time to do it. They set it down in order. And they put down a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. These are things that we feel. These are things that we believe. And so he said, even as they delivered unto us, even as they delivered them unto us. Listen to this now. These were He's talking about the people that wrote the word of God. Which from the beginning were eyewitnesses. That's a pretty good source. When you got somebody that was there. They didn't hear it second hand or third hand. They were there. They saw what happened. And were ministers of the word. These were people that were sent from God. It seemed good to me also having had perfect understanding of. Of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, this was the man he was writing this book to, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. And he said all that to say this, I'm not writing you fiction, I'm not putting down hearsay, I'm not putting down what just seemed like a good story to tell. But these were things that happened. This man, Jesus, in fact, did exist. This man, Jesus, was the fulfillment of the prophecies in the old scriptures that these people knew about. This man did raise people from the dead. He did heal blinded eyes. He did open up. That were deaf. He took lame people and he caused them to walk. And these were things that were good stories to tell, but we were eyewitnesses and we were ministers of the word. And I want you to know the certainty of these things that were written. Now, I will tell you here this morning that if you don't believe the Bible, we got a problem. First of all, you got a problem. Because the Word of God is true and it came from God Himself. And if we can't have uh, a, a, a intelligent discussion without having a common base for agreement. But if we believe the word of God, there is truth in those words. And as Brother Don said, the truth will set you free. It will pull you out. Don't think that the power of God that was in this resurrection story is something that's for other people and is something that can only affect their problems and, and their pains and their desires and their lusts. But this story will set you it. You you'll submit yourself to the will of God. Well, over into the first chapter of Acts, he started off and he said, the former treatise, he's talking about the book of Luke, the former book, have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Listen to this. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, Tell them of another day to come, and if you, we don't have time to go into it this morning. But go into the last chapter of the book of St. Luke and read the instructions that he gave his apostles and the things that he told them to wait for and to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from all on high. He knew what his mission was. They did not understand. I, the first time that uh, Jesus ever met Peter, we read a lot about Peter and we know about Peter. Peter was out. Jesus come down by the seashore, by the Sea of Galilee. Peter was a commercial fisherman. He wasn't fishing for fun. He wasn't fishing with a a hook and a line. He was fishing with nets. And they fished the Sea of Galilee. They fished it at night because in the hot summer months, at nighttime is when the fish would come to the surface to feed. Peter was a a fisherman. He understood this. This was his livelihood. And he had been out all night fishing. And they hadn't caught anything. Jesus come by the seashore, right there where Peter's boat was. And the crowd was so thick. Now, when they come back in that morning, they were cleaning their nets. They were preparing. They were repairing holes in the nets, getting ready to go back out the next night. Another day of work. It was just his job. Just like you get up and go to work. Peter saw this man Jesus he had heard about. And he started teaching. And the people were so, there were so many people that they crowded. Jesus just walked over to Peter and he said, I need to borrow your boat. And he got on the boat and just took the boat just a little bit offshore just to get some distance. And they're in a smelly fishing boat. If you've ever seen a commercial fishing boat, you'll know it's not a pretty sight. It's not something that's a glamour boat. It's not a speed boat. It's a work boat. And it smells like fish. And on that common, ordinary, plain boat, Jesus taught the people. And when he got in, that Jesus knew all things. This was the creator of everything. And he knew Peter. He knew Peter was going to be his disciple. Peter didn't know it yet, but Jesus knew it. And I'll say to you this morning, Jesus knows if you're going to be his disciple this morning. You may not know it yet, but Jesus knows your heart here in this building this morning. I don't know your heart, but Jesus is here working with somebody here this morning. And I thank God for that. And he told Peter, he says, "Go back out and cast out your net again." And Peter said, "No, Lord, you don't understand. We've been fishing all night, and it's when you when you're out fishing like they were. It was a it was a long process. It was a uh, cast the nets out, bring them back in. They're empty. Cast them out again, bring them back in. They're empty all night long. Not one hour, not two hours, but hours and hours in the dark when there's no one around." They didn't have running lights on boats like you got today. Out in the middle of the, of the Sea of Galilee, we fished all them. But he had heard something in that band that stirred something up in it. He knew this was not an ordinary man. He knew this was not just another teacher. He knew this was not just another uh, Pharisee or another, another teacher of the people. But he said, nevertheless, if thou wert, we're going to let the nets down. <laughs> and they went down and they threw the nets out and said they got so many fish they had to call out. To the guys in the other boats, y'all come help us, man. We can't do this. Well, at the end, after Peter had become uh, a follower and, and, he, and he went through with Jesus and Jesus told Peter, said, Lord, I'm never going to leave you. I'm not, I'm not going to ever do that. And J- Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows in the morning three times, you're, you're, before he crows, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter, at the end, he ran, he fled. When those soldiers came fear struck his heart he couldn't hang around this was the man that he had been with and seen all these things but yet somehow he, it seemed like that Jesus only become a man under those circumstances uh, the very man that would just reach down and touch people and miraculous things would happen and I'm talking you can see it in front of them they, they brought the man that was stricken with a palsy, and we read pausing we don't really understand what that's talking about but we're talking about a man that was paralyzed Have you ever seen somebody that was completely paralyzed? And they brought this man on a bed. The man couldn't bring himself. He couldn't move. The man was paralyzed. They took him up on the roof. And they let the man down through the roof. Jesus, first of all, said, Man, thy sins be forgiven thee, teaching us a lesson that no matter your... Your outward circumstances in life, no matter your bank account, no matter your status in society, no matter what your health is, the most important thing that Jesus can do for you is to forgive your sins and give you the Holy Ghost. Right. That you would seem like that the man, the most important thing would be to give him life, you to, to restore him where he could walk. And he could talk Jesus to Jesus and sins be forgiven me, and then he, he healed the man. Jesus had done all these miracles and yet Peter fled. And he come back, and he stood outside on a cold night, and he warmed himself by a fire. And three times he was recognized. You were with him, and he said, "No, I don't know what you're talking about." And he denied the Lord. And the last time he began to curse and swear. And right when he finished saying that, Jesus looked up and looked at him. Peter went outside, the word says, and he wept bitterly yes, he did. because he had denied the Lord and he knew that the Lord had heard him and that the Lord had recognized that. And I'm asking and I want you to understand that every time that God has called you, and you have denied the Lord, that he's looking at you. Yeah. And he knows that you have rejected him like Peter did. Now, when they were out on the Sea of Galilee after Jesus had resurrected, I didn't know I was going to say all this this morning. And they, Peter, decided that the fun was over. The last three years was a memory. He thought the thing was all with. And he said, I'm going fishing. Decided he had to make a living. Had to go back and do what he, he knew. He wasn't going fishing like we go fishing to get away from things. He was going back to work, going fishing, and just like the first time that Jesus met him, they went out all night long and didn't catch a thing. And it come even time, it come morning time, and they, the boat started coming toward land, and there looked like in the distance looked like just a common villager. He said, "Y'all caught anything, man?" That was speaking to him. just says, "Throw your net out on the other side of the ship." Yeah. Yeah. Now Peter didn't recognize the Lord. It was the Lord. Brother John, he kind of remember something happening inside. Yeah. And he, he wasn't worried at that time. I don't think I think John forgot about the fishing. I think old Peter, you know, we know how Peter was. He was just kind of a, a dude. You need to go get her, you know. And, uh, yeah, let's do it. He slung the nets out he was he was willing to make some money. And John kind of looked up and he said, Fellas, it's the Lord. He saw him. Peter threw his coat on and just started running through the water. He waited until the boat got there. Now, you've got to remember that the last time that Peter had stood around the fire had been when he had denied the Lord. The last time we have a record of that, he had warmed himself by fire. He had rejected the Lord. And the Lord had looked at him. And yet when he recognized the Lord, he ran to him. And you know what? Jesus had a fire going. He had a meal ready. And he said, Come and die. Yeah, man. The story of the resurrection is not that Jesus died, that he lived, that he did miracles, and that he died, and that he rose again. And it's a beautiful story. The story of the resurrection has meaning. It Jesus remembered individuals. Sister Candy spoke about it in our service this morning. He appeared, the first person that he appeared to after his resurrection was was none other than a lady that we call Mary Magdalene that the Lord had healed of seven devils. She had, I don't know if she had a devil of adultery and a devil of, in today's society, it would be drug abuse or a devil of drunkenness or a devil, I don't know what the individual devils were, but she was a woman that was possessed with devils and Jesus had healed her of seven devil. She had lived in an adulterous lifestyle. She had done things that she ought not to do when she came to Jesus to be healed in the second chapter of Luke at a Pharisee's house. The Pharisee thought within himself, why is Jesus even messing with this woman for it's known that this woman is a sinner. But that's the kind of people that Jesus came to minister to. He did not come to to, uh, heal uh, those that were well, but to, to call the sick and the ones that were diseased. And the ones that had uh, an infection in the heart, that had a sin condition, those were the ones that Jesus came to touch. And that's who he's come to today. Uh, this resurrection story can bring you out of darkness. You're in darkness because uh, when you're in sin, you, you don't have light. And the uh, it says in the fourth chapter of Corinthians that uh, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of those that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of God, of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So the story this morning, Jesus showed himself to Mary Magdalene. He revealed himself to Peter after Peter had denied it. And I want you to understand this morning, if you're here tonight, this morning, and you don't know Jesus Christ, Maybe you were sanctified one time before. Maybe you had an experience with God and you feel like that you failed God and that you fell from grace. Let me tell you, God is married to the backslider this morning. God is here not, not to condemn you. He did not come to condemn the world, but He came to save the world. God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that all men through Him might believe. Jesus wants to save you this morning. He wants to bring you out of the grave this morning. He wants to lift us up together into heavenly places in Christ Jesus this morning. He wants us to be up there where He is. God is Him. He can put us up on a higher plane. He wants to take us out of the earthly elements of the world. And He wants us to put us on the highway of all Amen. Bless the Lord. Bless the third verse says, To whom also He showed Himself alive, after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I'm out of time already. Uh, I got several things that I wanted to read, but I'm going to go. and God, just forgive me. This might seem like I'm flying around, and you might not be able to follow. But I got to go where my heart says go, and I want to go to the uh, second chapter. This is some of the infallible proofs. Now, if you think of infallible proofs and And what it was talking about in this scripture was when Jesus uh, showed himself. And there were four records that we have of Jesus revealing himself to the disciples. The resurrection morning. Think of this, if I can somehow paint a picture in your mind. The Savior had been taken away. I can't emphasize that strong enough. Jesus Christ, it looked like he had gone from... The Son of God that had revealed Himself in so much power, it looked like He had succumbed to the forces of flesh. It looked like human flesh had overcome Him. They had killed Him. There was no, they were eyewitnesses of the crucifixion. They saw the man die. They saw Him say, It is finished, and take His last breath. They were sitting right across from Jesus. His mother Mary was there, and his brothers were there. Mary Magdalene was there. They watched Jesus Christ die. There was no doubt that the Savior was dead. Now bear in mind, even though we have record in the Old Testament of a couple of instances of people that have been resurrected, these people probably at that time didn't think about that. They probably weren't thinking of. They had never seen anybody raised from the dead. There was times there was Jesus. There was a a time where they had a funeral procession going through town. A widow was in front of it. They were carrying the body of a young man up on a stretcher. His body was dead. That was the way they did funeral processions. It was the woman's only son. Jesus somehow knew that, and he just reached up and touched the man. And the man sat up, and he was alive. There was the time that there was a young girl in town her father come to find Jesus and he said I want you to come and my my daughter has died it was his only daughter and Jesus went to the house and they started to laugh at him and said you might as well leave man she's already dead and Jesus just run out of the room and he just breathed on Tabitha and said Tabitha, took her by the hand Tabitha arise and she arose and they were all marveled There were other instances, but at this time, the Savior was gone. See, they knew Jesus could heal people and raise them from the dead, but they knew they didn't have anybody among them that could raise Jesus from the dead. What they were forgetting was that Jesus had told them that I was sent from the Father. See, His power didn't come from Him alone. It came from heaven above. And they thought that it was over with They thought the man was gone. They thought he was in the ground. They forgot he was connected with heaven itself. And it wasn't Jesus that had raised Caleb. it wasn't Jesus that had raised that young man. It was the power of God that had gone through his son, Jesus. And that's what raised us from the dead this morning. Well, they thought it was all over. They just didn't understand. It seemed like it was all completely done. And they were in turmoil. And uh, then the, the morning, of, the, they got there early in the morning. We all know the story so well. And, uh, and we talk, can't talk about it this morning so beautifully. But when, when those women got there, and, and they went to the tomb, they went back. He suffered without the gate. Hebrews 13 and 12. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people. See, he prayed in the 17th chapter of St. John, that I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And Jesus prayed, sanctify them. Through thy truth, thy word is true, as thou hast sent them, me into the world. Even so now, I send them into the world. And Jesus prayed for uh, for their sakes. He said, I sanctify myself. Now see, the word sanctify scares a lot of people. A lot of people want to say, and I'm wrapping up here. A lot of people want to say, well, it says in the book of Romans, in the 10th chapter, and I think it's the 13th verse, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Y'all ever heard that verse before? And people have taken that verse and watered it down where you just basically just say a little something and you're going to be saved. But let me tell you something. That was a prophecy that came from the book of Joel when he said it shall come to pass. them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. There was a 40 day period and today was the resurrection day for the next month of 10 days. There was 40 days that Jesus showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible fruits speaking unto them of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And then there was a period of 10 days that Jesus had ascended up into heaven in the first chapter of Acts that he was not there. And in those 10 days it says in the last chapter of the book of Luke that he led his disciples out as far as Bethany and he lifted his hands and he blessed them and he departed from him. But he told them, it says, they departed and they went to Jerusalem, it went to the temple rejoicing with great joy. And for those 10 days, those people were in prayer. They were in expectation. They knew something was going to happen. They didn't understand what it was. I don't think they knew how it was going to come. They didn't know the way was going to be manifested, but they knew he had said that if you will wait in the city of Jerusalem, you're going to get it too with power from on high. I don't think they understood what was going to happen, but they did. This now is my soul trouble. and what shall I say? And here's what he was. Here's here's one option he could have had. He could have said this: "Father, save me from this hour." And he prayed in the garden. If it didn't be possible, let this cup be passed away. But nevertheless, not my will. I want you to understand. Jesus could have called twelve legionnaires. God is not a game player. When Jesus said, "Know you not that I could presently pray to my Father and He would give me more than twelve legions, That was not an idle threat. Jesus could have done that. He could have walked away from the cross. That's getting into some deep water here. Some of y'all straighten me up after this is over. But I fully believe that because I believe that if Jesus came in flesh to understand our human condition, that he had to have a choice just like you and I. Otherwise, he could not understand what it's like for us to have a choice. And then I want to read just over here in... uh, Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't finish that verse. He could have said, Father, save me from this hour. He said, but for this cause came I unto this hour. When he was talking to Pilate, and Pilate answered Jesus and said and asked him, are thou a king? Jesus answered, you say I'm a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. And Brother Don's already quoted here this morning, brothers and sisters that the truth shall set you free. In the 8th chapter of John, when the the Jews came to Jesus and they they, they questioned him and he said, Jesus said, they understood not that Jesus spoke to them of the Father. They thought he was speaking of himself. And Jesus said, listen to this verse. When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, talking about the cross, then shall ye know that I am He. What did the centurion say after all was finished? Surely this was the Son of God. And that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And it goes little down, and Jesus said, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Now, they didn't understand. They thought that they were, they said, we were of Abraham's lineage. And we've never been invited. They thought Jesus was talking about a physical freedom. And this is the freedom that Jesus died for here this morning. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. You know, the world believes that you can commit sin and just continue on. and, and, And God's grace covers all past and present and future sins. But my Bible says... And he died to save us from our past sins. You cannot be forgiven for something that you have not done. Right. You, have, you cannot be forgiven for something that has not happened yet. Right. Jesus died to for he forgive us of our past sins, and then he will keep us free. And Jesus said that if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. Not without any, any, anything in the past, not with anything that's there. But I thank God that Jesus did not die to leave us in our sins, but He died to give us a way out of our sins. He died to sanctify us. And it talks about that all through the Word of God. But brothers and sisters, the, he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one for which cause Jesus is not afraid to call us brethren. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad for the sanctified? That He said over in the fifth chapter of Hebrews, uh, he said, Though I come to do thy will, O oh God, he taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest did a daily ministry, and often, oftentimes, the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But this man, when he had offered himself, uh, uh, one sacrifice for sins forever it's right there I had it it was gone in the, I can find it right here by the which will we are saved in every priest had, this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever he sat down on the right hand of God from that time expecting so he have made his enemies his footstool for by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified whereof the Holy Ghost is a witness to us now I'm glad Jesus Sacrifice to leave us doubt, leave us wondering, but He gives us a witness, which is the Holy Ghost. We're going to go into prayer here this morning. I believe God is calling people here this morning. God has not forgotten. As far away as you may feel like you are from God, as sinful as you may feel like your life is, Jesus knows where you are, He knows your address. I'm not talking about your street address. I'm talking about where your heart is. He knows if you want to be sanctified this morning. If you you have a claim that you're sanctified and you don't feel God's joy in your heart, let me tell you, God wants you to have joy. There is joy in going this way. Being sanctified is not a thing of wondering about it and and questioning it, but you will know whether you have the Spirit of God or not. So these offers are for anyone here this morning. If you were sanctified and you do have the joy. But you have a burden. There's a burden of life. These offers are for you this morning. If you're sanctified and you've got someone of your loved ones here, I look out here this morning. I'm about ready to start a church of God. We've got a lot of folks here from I, I think we almost need to open up those chapter over there. If we have a revival, we we'll would that be alright? Maybe, maybe we'll have some revival services out there.
1: And that'd be alright.
0: See, folks, nothing counts. But your relationship with God. Right. Not your standing with us, not your standing with your wife or your husband, but it's how is your heart with God. That's all the counts. While the congregation stands, let's all come up. We want everyone to come up as we have a, a, a family prayer. In the cross, in the cross.